Just, you, you guys know I've been fascinated by science and scriptures my whole life. It just, and I think we all know him from a child. And uh, what's interesting is when I've studied these neuroscientists and Einstein forever, my wife would tell you that I've been intrigued by it forever because I knew there was something to it, just even as a little kid, that it's more simple than it, than it, than it has to be. It's not this external working, striving. You know, what scripture talks about is slaves work for stuff, and that's old covenant. Heirs inherit. So there's science and scripture, I think, are exactly the same. And so we're just trying to make this real for you guys. And, and uh, you know, New Year's resolution is a good time to do it, but New Year's resolutions typically don't work because it's out of willpower. Hey, I'm going to change this about my life. And the truth is, until we change this, until you learn how to change your, the real you, your heart, nothing will change. You might be able to do willpower it out for two, three months or something like that. Um, and you'll, you, you might see some change, but your, your subconscious or your heart will always take over eventually and go, this is the real you. Stop doing that. You're, you're bothering me, right? And uh, what's interesting to me is, is if you're willing to just learn how to tap into your heart and mind, as I've been sharing, the heart and mind, I think you're so fearfully and wonderfully made, guys. That, uh, and science proves this over and over and over and over and over and over. So Jesus says things like this. He says, all things are possible to him who does what? Believe, Right? So we're going to teach you how to believe. You're, you're built for belief. It's nothing you have to strive for. You don't have to pray in tongues more. You don't have to read the Bible more. You don't have to do anything more. There's some practical things that Christ teaches us to do, which is really meditative prayer. And we'll teach you how to do that. And I'm, I'm excited that that's what Brad was feeling like he had to share with this group too when he comes Wednesday. And he says, uh, uh, according to your pistis belief, right, it'll be done unto you. So where's this? this thing has to happen where how do we get this belief? How do we get this faith? And I struggled with it forever because we kind of grew up charismatic, word of faith. And, and I just remember jumping through all the religious hoops and fighting demons and everything else. And I'm like, this just, if I was a dad, I wouldn't make it hard for my kids like this. Any of you ever feel that way? Like if, if my kids ever need anything and uh, I'm a loving father and they ask me for it, what am I going to do? I'm going to give it to them. I'm not going to go, no, pray in tongues more. Get your faith up a little bit more. It's out of love, right? They just trust their dad, and, I, and so compassionate, loving dads give, don't they? And so here's what Scripture says. He goes, everything uh, that it has been created is in and through and withheld by him, right? Colossians 1, John 1, and it says, uh, uh, and Paul in Acts says, in him, not outside of him, not separation, we move, live and move and have our being, so our life comes from the, the fact that everything that's been created is inside of him. Now, what's fascinating to me is the neuroscientists do this. They go, uh, and these are some of the smartest guys in the world, you know, and they're going, all, cre-, here, they go, here, I was showing you the, one of the services, right? Not the service, but these science guys. And I was like, sweetie, listen to this. So this, this guy's up there and he goes, the lie is separation, meaning that you could ever be separated from love. Now, you wouldn't expect this from these brainiac neuroscientists. They go, the lie is separation. I go, you hear that in church, but not in science. Isn't that fascinating? So science goes, you can never be separated. And they go, all creation is bathed in this. They, they use these fancy words. They go, all creation is bathed in this quantum field of infinite possibilities. That uh, Michael's going, yes, I love this stuff because he loves the quantum. I do too. I love the quantum stuff. And uh, he goes, and it's all held together and it works on the frequency of gratitude and love. And I'm about falling out of my chair showing you. I'm going, holy smokes, if the church would ever catch this, Right. Now, the early church got it, as you said, like Peter and Paul would just walk by people, and they were operating in such love, they were such in tune with the Holy Spirit, that it just happened. 
Like they, would, they wouldn't have to struggle for people and they wouldn't have to Jesus and all this weird stuff that people do. Because it's, it's, it's within, guys. And so some of you guys know when, that, when we pray for the sick, etc. I usually, I go, your job is to do nothing, literally. And uh, I'm not even going to say a whole lot. And we, we, we can teach you how to do that a little bit tonight if you want. But anyway, so uh, all things are possible. Um, everything that's been created, you know, second law of thermodynamics, what we're talking about is matter is neither created nor destroyed. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. And so Jesus in scripture says, everything that's going to be created has already been created. And there's an infinite possibility. So everything you're ever going to need, all the, the, the abundance you're ever going to need, all the health you're ever going to need, every inspiration, every idea you've, you've already going to have, he's already created it. It just goes in and out of form. You guys get that? And so here's the, here's the simplest way to say it is uh, thoughts become things. Spiritual controls the physical. So what's going on in here is what you're going to experience in life, if you really want to understand it. And I'll give you the scriptures to back it up so you don't think it's nuts. But uh, I want to share one thing with you that um, uh, uh, I just love this stuff. You know, you can go look up Young's experiment or the double slit experiment. So Young, in 1801, figured this out, that matter and, and mass, or matter and energy are the same thing. Oh, yeah, keep going. Let's, let's just go to this next slide then. All right, so here's, our hearts and minds contain riches behind your wildest dreams. Your heart and mind is the spiritual part of you, the divine part of you, right? The Jews would say, you are where heaven meets earth. You are the temple is what Paul says. So the kingdom of God is spiritual. It controls the physical. Most people are trying to control physical by physical. They're trying to do religious acts to somehow make it work. And uh, Jesus said, it's not without that defiles a man, but that is within. Now, that's a whole other thing on food, as you guys know, is a... Uh, and he's telling them, the kingdom of God is not what you eat or drink, guys. It's, what, it's what's in your heart that defiles a man. And so I'll just leave it at that. So a lot of people say, you probably heard this from most of the big ministries, 2019 is the year of whatever. That's why I left it blank. What are some of the things that you guys have heard? Breakthrough. Uh, uh, my friend Lance would say, this is the year that the spirits are converging and, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, they, they converged before the foundation of the world. Jesus sits out of time. So this is the year of Jubilee. No, Jubilee was Jesus. He was the picture. So there is no time. So the year is whatever year you want it to be. You guys get it? So it's really everything that's been ever created has already been created. It's just you becoming, receiving the inspiration of what's available. He goes, I've already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. I've already given you everything that pertains to life, our physical things, and godliness, spiritual. So if he's already given it to us, then what's the problem? We, we, we haven't figured out how to receive it, right? So, and I, I'm going to teach you how to receive it because it's actually quite easy. So don't buy into the, this is the year of this or this is the year of that because you're going to be waiting another year. And then you're going to wait for the next prophetic word. And, uh, <laughs> right? You don't need to run around for all of it. Jesus said it's finished. What's finished? Creation. Everything. Yeah, everything you're ever going to need is available to you. I've blessed you with everything that you could ever have in the spiritual realm is what he said. Now what you do with it is, is so. Anyway, you guys getting this? So we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing that have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Paul just over and over and over and over is going, hey guys, you got it all. You're an heir. You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You're, you're not battling demons. If you must believe in a, a real devil and if you must believe in a real demon, at least believe they're under your feet and they're not an issue with you. Does, does that make sense? So there's no need to go fight them because you're as if you, he needs your help. Um, that's always been bizarre to me. But I believed it because the spiritual people that I thought taught me that. And so I never worried about demons over my house until somebody told me about it. 
And now I just go, no, you're the dude who brings them in now because you're worried about them. So get out of my house. Because they're, they're nowhere in my house. My house is peaceful all the time until you come. Because now you've got to cast down some goofy thing over my house. So anyway, I just want to read this to you. Quantum theory demonstrated. Uh, Weissman Institute of Science. So February 27, 1998. So these are good Jewish boys. From Rahavot, Israel. So quantum theory demonstrates observation affects reality. So listen to this. This is kind of cool. One of the most bizarre premises of quantum theory, which has long fascinated philosophers and physicists alike, you could say theologians and physicists, states by the very act of focusing on something affects the observed reality and its behavior. So meaning what you focus on changes the physical thing. And so they do this, uh, the experiment, um, yeah, so the experiment revealed that the greater amounts of quote-unquote watching, the greater the observer's influence on what actually takes place. So thoughts become things. What you focus on actually happens is what, in my, how I would Popovich it, right? And so they're going, hey, everything acts as a wave or matter. That's Young's experiment in 1801. Anybody who's ever studied science, they go, yeah, everything has a harmonic to it. We all have a, a frequency that we vibrate on. And Jesus goes, even the rocks cry out, right? And so everything has a sound and a vibration and a frequency. It says, as strange as it may seem, interference is when it acts like wave patterns. So he goes, interference can only happen when no one is watching or, or paying attention, meaning that it only operates at a wave if you're not focused on it. The minute they put a microscope on these things, what happens? It collapses and acts like matter. There's, there's a meaning to this, guys, I'm telling you. So here's what's, I, I just think that's crazy. So when observation, electrons are forced, quote unquote, this is their word, are forced to behave like matter and not like waves. Thus, the mere act of focusing on something changes the matter. Is that pretty cool? I think that's pretty cool. And so some of you guys know that uh, the double slit experiment, like Young's experiment, is when they put an electron microscope and watch what's going on, it functions like matter. When they take the electron microscope off, it literally is a sine wave, guys. And literally it's, you haven't told me what to be yet. I'm an infinite possibility. I'll be whatever you want me to be. That's where I think we're trying to get people to understand that you, you have such creative ability, you don't understand it. And I believe that's what Jesus was saying in, in, when he was relating to Paul, and he says, all have sinned and come short of the kavot, to the glory of God, right? And sin is not behavior, as you understand it. Sin is what? The, the, the fallen mindset, the distorted view of who we were. We forgot we were sons, where Romans talks about all creation is waiting for what? The manifestation that you're a son, that you finally get that you're a son created in God's image. It says all creation is waiting for it. So let's not wait anymore. Because Jesus said there's outside of, there is no time. You can have it right now. There, I'm, I'm, I am the Perugia. I am near right with you right now. Everybody's waiting for something to happen later. That's why 2019 is going to be this year. I'm like, 2018 could have been that year for you. Despite the prophecy. Is, uh, so anyway, um, so it literally means all have sinned, meaning we've all, we've all forgotten who we were and who God is. We think that we were separated, not a son, not perfectly loved, not an heir of everything that Christ already has. We've fallen and come short of the kavot of God. And some of you guys have seen Francois de Troyes' teaching on that, where it says he's Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, right? Melchi is king, and Zedek is righteousness. Well, it's really interesting is that if you can picture a, a scale where there's two weights, right? Is, he does such a great job of this. Is righteousness is literally the beam in a scale um, of how you weigh things, right? 
So when it says all have sinned and come short of the kavot, the glory of God, glory is literally weight in Hebrew. It's how much oomph. And so I think most of you guys, if you, had, if you had God on one side of a scale and you on the one side of the scale, what would you think would happen? <laughs> right? And he goes, no. He's the king of righteousness, equal weight. You carry the same weight as Jesus Christ. And all have missed that is what he's trying to say. So we're just trying to get back. I'm like, let's just try to get back to the church, much less prophesy about what's going to happen this year. I just want to get back to what did they believe with the same results. Anybody with me? Because I, I, I think, hey, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And uh, it's not that hard to go do it, which I'll show you. So let's go to this next slide. Um, all right, you, you've already heard me told this. Jesus tells us over and over again, all things are possible to him who believes. We've just, I think we don't know how to believe, but it really is, we're created to believe and it's really natural, so I'll show you that. According to your faith, be it unto you, right? And so that's why neuroscientists say all creation is surrounded by this quantum, <laughs> I just love how they talk. All creation is surrounded by a quantum field of infinite possibilities that operates in gratitude and love. We would say this is, all creation is in him, is what Paul writes over and over and over again, not separation like we were taught in Sunday school. Think about this, when you're, when, and you guys have told me, to, like once you start using your head a little bit, the scriptures actually come alive to me. But uh, I was taught not to use your head. The Bible is it, darn it. And if you ever, and Brad does a great job of this. He goes, well, it also says, kill all the Amalekites and bash babies' heads on the, on the rock. So if you're gonna take it literally, how's it going? Like, we reject that God, don't we? Like, no, we can't. And that's the problem of the Old Covenant. It was written through the lens of man. And Jesus came to correct the record. He says, you know what? Nobody's seen the Father except me. I'm come to reveal that you don't have to fear this God, but he's given you a, a spirit of what? Abba. He's your dad. So if, he, if, if, if he's your dad and he gives birth to something, he's God, what does he give birth to? The same as him. Elohim's is what Psalm 82, 6 and John 10... I, I fell out of my chair the first time I saw that, where Jesus is arguing with the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he says, hey, which, which good, because he's going around healing people on the Sabbath, which you shouldn't do that, right? You can't mow your lawn or heal anybody on the Sabbath where I grew up, because that's bad. But none of us ever even, you guys know, here's how you can prove that you're not under the, the old covenant. Uh, what's the true Sabbath? Friday at sundown to what? Saturday at sundown. So how many guys ever go out on Friday night? You murderer, you. Because yes. it says if you've missed one, this is how tight the law is. If you've missed one, you're guilty of how many? All. People don't get that. That's why Paul over and over in the New Testament says, throw out the Old Testament. Throw that thing that gives you bondage to sin and death out. I'm going to give you a spirit of love, compassion, joy. My spirit's beautiful. You don't have to worry about me. I'm a good God. Right? So when, when we have little children born, um, we don't go, oh, what a sinner. <laughs> but you're taught that, that we're created, that we're born into what? Sin and born into sin. Then why don't we go, God, they're such a sinner. Isn't it goofy, the stuff we were taught? See, when you understand the fathers, they're like taught, nothing separates you from... Every child that's ever been born in the world is a son of God. That's what it says. It goes, Peter, my, I'm going to build my church on that revelation that the son of man is the son of God. So if you're born of a, a, a man and a woman, you are a son of God. Isn't that amazing? He goes, I'm going to build the church on that truth. Now, we've spent 2,000 years trying to reverse that truth. 
and tell you you're a sinner instead of you carry the same kavot, the weight of Jesus. So if you haven't ever gotten the mirror translation by Francois Dutois, please do. I think it's the best thing that I've ever read. And uh, he said he's going to do a, a special thing just for us before he even comes. So I can't wait for that. He's just the best, in my opinion. So anyway, um, all right, let's go to this next slide. So I want, to, I want to make this really practical. So, so how do we make faith happening in their divinity practical? Oh, I want to read one thing to you, too. Sorry. I sent this to a lot of you guys. This, somebody sent this to me on Facebook, and I was like, this? Because this relates to exactly what we're talking about. Uh, and it says this. Uh, um, Heaven is a state of mind so powerful we make it manifest tangibly all around us. So is hell. As a man thinks, what? So is he. As a man thinks, so is he. So if you think you're separated from love, you're separated from love. And we don't do well when we're not unconditionally loved. Out of nothingness, Hebrews says this, out of nothingness, by faith, it says in Hebrews, by faith, we believe that everything that's been created was created from nothing, doesn't it? Isn't that weird? So out of nothingness, all things are created. Jesus came to reveal and resurrect the consciousness of man to the Christ mind within that we may produce days of heaven on earth so powerful they overtake us just as he did. As he is in heaven, so are we in this world. The faith we carry within us is this God kind of faith. We believe we speak and therefore we are. So we're operating out of I am, I don't have to try become. Does that make sense? So we, we, most Christianity teaches potential. If you do these things, then you become a son of God. But the fathers in Jesus said, no, 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 the son of man is the son of God. So if you're born, if you're any human being that's born, you are the son of God. Isn't that fascinating? I just think that's fascinating. That, like we were saying, that'll get you thrown out of an elders meeting, but it heals the hurting heart, man. So we weren't put here to strive, to serve, to work, to please some critical distant deity. This angry God syndrome is a dis-ease. It's dis- we, it puts us not at ease, right? Is a dis-ease in the mind of man injected into our thoughts from the youth. The great undoing is taking place. Our mental domestication is over. The grave clothes attached to fear and death are falling away. The chains that held us back were never attached to anything real to begin with. We were just trained that way. All creation was subject to our self-made captivity within us because we believed we were separated. Even the trees are clapping their hands as the sons and daughters of divine nature are waking up for their slumber, partaking in every spiritual blessing the heavenly realm contains. Don't be surprised as many begin to stand up around you, even those you least expect. We're done. We've been done for a long time. We're done with religion, done serving self-made empires, done trying to please some distant deity who, who literally knows, who literally holds no record keeping of emotion of anger ever. It's our choice. It always has been. No one can stop you from living in your self-made hell until you decide to step out. As for me and my house, we're going to keep releasing the love, the joy, the peace of the heavenly realm we carry within us. That's that anointing, that hope of glory. <clears throat> we're bringing the heaven to earth, and it's going to affect the world we live in, whether others like it or not. I hope, they, I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. Paul said that. There's one spirit, there's one family, uh, there's one surname. He's talking about the nations, guys. He goes, there's only one spirit and one, one, one surname. All are born of the Father. That's, that's pretty interesting to me. So we will all live as one. In that day, you will know. It's a new year, an awakened life. Live like it's been yours forever. That's what I'm trying to get you to get this, is you have everything you need for life and godliness. So we're just going to teach you how to get it. So Mark 11, 23, 24, you've heard me talk about this a lot. For verily I say unto you, whatsoever you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. 
all right? And he's looking at the Temple Mount, actually. So there's, there's a ton of meaning in this, but I don't want to get into that all right now. So, um, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things he saith will come to pass. So what's the, what's the deal here? He's going, if you believe here, then what's going to happen? It's going to happen, right? Therefore, I say unto you, if that's truth, and, uh, and there's a whole nother meaning in this, because he's looking at the Temple Mount, and um, so when he's looking at that, he says, hey, that legal system where you have to earn your inheritance by being good, right? Trying to follow the law. How's it going? Right? It's really fascinating to me because uh, when Jesus comes, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the high priests, he said, why are you putting yokes on everybody that you yourselves can't follow? My yoke is what? Easy. So this kingdom thing's supposed to be easy, right? There's no work to it. That's what's fascinating. And then when they, when they rose up and go, hey, you're, 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 everywhere you go, you're gracious to people, you heal people, you give to people, you just do your thing. Um, who do you think you are to even forgive sin? Right? And he goes, you won't ever understand it because your father is the diablos. So the, the, the legal system was birthed by the fallen mind. It was never God's idea. He says that. He goes, he, he tells Moses, he goes, hey, this whole animal sacrifice thing, Moses, I hated it. That was your idea. That's in scripture, right? He's like, I never wanted sacrifice. I just forgive. Somehow we've made perfect love un, un, unable to forgive. He's pissed and he needs to kill somebody. So thank God for Jesus. That cannot heal a heart. I'm telling you, it just can't. Right, last we were talking about that, where you're going, how can I trust a God that would kill his son? I go, bro, you can't. I've learned that you cannot. And so that's why I think the church is still such a mess, is because we're, it started on a false premise. That's why we have 40,000 denominations trying to somehow get back, not realizing we're, right, we're already there, right? And you guys have heard people talk about that. Jesus made the, fin- the finished work our starting place. We're completing Christ, nothing lacking. So now all we get to do is enjoy it. That's, so anyway, so he's talking about, hey, see that temple system. Um, if you believe in your heart that you don't have to follow these rules, you can say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Cast the bondwoman out and be cast into the sea. So what's the sea? Sheol, where the dead go. So what he's saying is that legal system is going to die. And if you believe that, there's a better way. You guys get it? Hey, if you, if you can believe in your heart that you can just receive this stuff for free and you don't have to follow those legal rules. Think how hard that was, guys. It's from this high you were taught, hey, you can only walk this far. You can only do something on between Friday and Saturday. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't eat this. You can't eat that. And if you violated one thing, you, you can't receive any inheritance. That would suck, wouldn't it? And so then Jesus comes and he goes, oh, I don't follow any of the rules. I eat the showbread. I, eat the, I, I go right into the holiest of holies and I take the, the priest's bread and start munching on it with a glass of wine. They, that's what he did. So think about how hard that is to believe. Like, wait, this guy, who's this guy? He's destroying this whole getup that we've got, this whole legal system. So think about how difficult that would be to believe. We think, oh man, if we saw Jesus, no way, it's way easier for us. Because he, from this high, these pr- people were programmed that they were the children of God, that they're only blessed because of these rules that they're following. And then Jesus comes and literally breaks every rule. 
Hey, follow me. Don't follow that, what your father's taught you. That would be tough, would it not? Because I think a lot of times we go, hey, if, let's say you're struggling with something physically. If Jesus himself came to you and said, you're healed, how would you feel? Healed. We kind of take that as for granted because we're like, man, it would have been so easy because they were in the presence of Jesus in the flesh. I think it's way harder back then because he's coming and disrupting the whole thing. And they're going, okay, this is a dude... As Pastor Winston say, like last week he was fix, fixing my sister's toilet, and now he's saying, I'm God. <laughs> and just believe me, and you don't have to follow all those religious rules, it's for the birds. It's way easier for us, guys, I'm telling you, it really is. And he shares with us how, so that's the good news. So anyway, so he's saying, get rid of that legal system, that's how you're not qualified for anything. Therefore, because if that's true, if, if the whole legal system is being cast into the sea where it dies, the legal system dies. Moses is going away. It's always fading. The old covenant's always fading. So there was a period of 40 years between 30 and 70, right? Where the old covenant, new covenant interlapsed. Just like the Israelites, when they came, when the lamb was slain and they were, they were freed from bondage, how long did they cruise around in the desert? 40 years. Could they have gone in, in any time? Yes. And that's what he, so he's like, you can have this at any time. Just believe, Right? Don't wander around like the Israelites. So anyway, therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you, what? Desire. When ye pray, believe that ye receive. And you guys have heard me talk about this, but I'm really trying to get it into this. That's aorus tense, meaning past tense as if it's already done. So then ye shall have it. So when you pray, this is the whole meditative prayer. Most people pray like this, and I'm not picking on you if you do this. It's all verbal. Whether it's Shabbat Dabba Dabba or um, and the kingdoms within, right? Most people, because they, they how many of you guys ever dreaded prayer time? I did. Because I, I thought it was religious work. And you guys have heard me talk about that. We were going to do this 24-hour prayer chain, and we signed up for like 2 a.m. So I did it. I think I did it once. I was like, this is stupid. Whoever this... God says he gives to his beloved even when we sleep. I'm doing the easy part and sleep and let him do the tough stuff, right? I'm going to let him. Honestly, I did it once because I was like, this is, because we, we, we we're supposed to do it for an hour. And I, I, I swear, I got two minutes into it going, I've said everything that I can think of, right? Save the whales, everybody, right? Binding all the demons over Colorado Springs, um, who in the blank is letting all these guys loose? That's what we kept doing when we were, like, if we can bind them all, who keeps letting them loose? I want to know. That, honestly, when we were being taught spiritual warfare, right, Terry was teaching us, and we are like, time out. Time out. If we have the power to bind, why can't we just bind them all and party? No, no, no. No. You got to have the same spiritual authority as that demon. Wait, Paul says they're under my feet, and I'm seated far above any other principle, including spiritual warfare. Right? Then what am I doing binding the demon over my house? Or I'm worried about my uncle was a mason. Whatever, I just, I'm thinking up stuff. Because I remember when we were going through the whole deliverance thing, it was like, where, where, where your dad was a mason? Yeah, and he actually went to jail. And I, I was like, I'm going to shove that book right up your rear end because 
you're, you're irritating me now because life just worked before I met you. And now I got to worry about all these things, right? Oh, your dad was a demon? Yeah. Did you ever do this? Well, yeah. We, we, I'm a guy and she's a girl and I went to college. So by the end, we're like, can we just cut that my patience is waning? Like, now it's over. Is there just a prayer at the end that just, we've done everything wrong, Lord, so fix me. <laughs> no, this is going to take sessions. And you're going to have to dip in the stream a lot of weeks. <sighs> you're completing Christ, nothing lacking. That's the good news, amen? Amen. So anyway. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, you believe that you've already received it, and you use your imagination to do this, so I'll speed this up. Then you're going to have it. So he's telling you, it's not, it's not uh, and another one says, you, you have not because what? You ask not. And that little word is a hitio. Jeff Forrest and I were talking about that. A better translation is, if you require it, you have it. It's, we have this, please, Lord, please, please, please heal me, give me abundance, save me, do this, do this, do this, cast the demon out over my house, and, and your heart is like racing. Nothing you believe is true in that prayer. So what, how, how, how much effective prayer are you going to have? Zero, because you don't believe it's already done. Does that make sense? All right, let's go to this last slide, I think. I think it's the last one. Oh, there's one more. So Philippians 4, 6, this is, this is it, guys, I'm telling you. Do not be anxious about how many things? Nothing. And, but in every or all, whatever translation you were taught, by prayer and petition, that literally is, if you ahitio, if you require anything, that's the ask, if you ask, you have not because you don't require it. As soon as you go, God, I need this so I know I have it, then you're going to have it. It's not, please, can I have it? Because I always see this, keys to answered prayer. Make sure you don't have any sin in life. We're all screwed. I don't even have to go past step one, right? So now we're trying to do all these things, but if, if, you, if, you, have, if you have fear, if you've ever, if you, if I looked at my wife and go, whoa, she's hot. Before I was married, oh, ow, right? None of that matters. That's not prayer. So don't be anxious about everything, but in everything, if you require it, you have it is what that scripture means. Everything that you're ever going to need has already been created is what God said. The physicists say the same thing. Everything you're ever going to need, all the knowledge, all the wealth, everything is in this quantum field held together, gratitude and love. You just got to tap into it, and then you shall have it. So, <clears throat> with thanksgiving, so thanksgiving is, is gratitude, is this emotion of gratitude. If you're thankful for something, it's typically this attitude that I've already received it, and I'm so thankful. Does that make sense? So if we already know we have it, it's not this nervousness in prayer, is it? Please pray for me. Or this is the, the, for me, this is how, it, what, what, most people, they go, I'll pray for your brother. And mentally, I just dismiss it because I know what it's going to look like. Really, most Americans, when they go, I'll pray for you, go, you're on your own, man. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know if God can handle that one, right? That's how, honestly, what I feel when people go, I'll pray for your brother. I'm like, ah, because I know it's not, it's this religious nonsense that they're really going, dude, I would hate to be you. So... Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with gratitude, with gratitude, present your request to God. And the peace, that's that irene, it's literally union and wholeness. Everything God has is his perfect love, his perfect healing, his perfect abundance. You have it. 
That's what he's saying here. You have everything that God is. And the shalom, the irene in, in Greek, everything you have of God, which transcends your natural mind, what you can even imagine. So we got to get out of this natural mind. I think most people pray in their natural mind, right? And then they go, but if you pray in tongues, you're not in your natural mind. I still think it's Shabbat Abba and your heart's racing, most people, which gets you nothing. And so, which transcends all understanding, your natural mind will, will guard what? Your hearts and your mind, what you think and what you feel. Does that make sense? That's the divine part of you. In, if you go look at that word in, is N, it's literally within him. Realizing that everything he is, is you're in him, not separated from him. You guys get it? All right, let's go to this last slide. I think it's the last one. All right, let's make this practical. You guys with me? All right. And you've heard me say this a million times. I'm just asking to finally just kind of like try it. What do you really want? In Psalm 37, 4, he says, because here's where people get mixed up. Last you and I were talking about this today. Is people go, um, Christian speak is like this. Well, what's God's will? I'm like, I don't know. I can't even find my iPhone. How do I know what his will is right now, right? I mean, don't you feel that way sometimes? And so we never give people assurance. And he's like, I'm going to give you insurance. And Psalm 37, 4, literally, I don't, see, I don't think it works that way, what we were talking about. Les, what's his will? I'm like, if I knew, then this would be easy. Well, he made it so easy, you can't miss it. Here's what he said in Psalm 37, 4. Hey, just, just enjoy me. Realize that you're one with me, and everything I have is yours, and I'm going to put a desire in your heart. That's how you're going to know it's from me. Now, Christians go, man, I'd really love to do this. Is that from you, Lord, or is that the devil? Is that my thought or your thought? Because thoughts come from the devil, you, or somebody else. Have you all heard that? So now you got to really learn and tap in. you got to learn from what's the devil, you, or whatever. They're lost, man. They're lost. They, they don't know. You guys ever felt like that? Here's how simple it is. If you desire it, know he placed it there. Delight yourself in me. I will put a desire in your heart. Roll it back over to me. Trust in me, and who's going to do it? He's going to do it. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Wow, Lord, really? You would give me that? Yeah, because I know how you wire, you're wired, Mike, and you think that's really cool, so I place that in your heart. All you need to do is keep it there and let me do the hard work. You guys get it? All right, so what do you really want? Don't worry about how you're going to get it. That's what everything happens, and I, this, is how, this is how New Year's resolutions usually work. Um, hey, you got to do this more. Stop doing that more, Right? And that's not how it works. That's out of willpower. You're typically going to get tired. Or a couple years down the road, you're going to get really angry. Like most Christians are really angry because they have this anger in them because they're trying to do it out of willpower. And it says anger, murder, strife. All of that is trying to behave to be pleasing to God, the works of the flesh. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, self-control, all these things. So what do you really want? And let your mind go crazy, guys. Just get out of your analytical mind. Just go, man, just start dreaming. And we're teaching our kids this, which I just, I'm trying to teach you is uh, don't worry about how it's going to happen. Leave that to a power much higher than yourself. It is the Holy Spirit. In fact, Brad Jerzak, uh, yeah, I did put that up there. He posted on Facebook today, grace is the uncreated energies of God, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit. I'm like, yes, that's it. That's, so the working power of the Holy Spirit, he, he goes, I'm going to put desires in there and uh, just know that I'm going to do the work too, through you. Does that make sense? So how would you feel if that desire happened to you? That's really, this is the key. So our mind can imagine it. If you can put it in your mind and go, man, I can use my imagination to see that. Your heart has to have the corresponding emotion with it because that's the thing. And so um, 
Where's Kobe? I was just meeting with Kobe. Yeah, so we were talking about Kobe and Mikel, right? And, um, and uh, we were just talking about some things. I was like, bro, how would you feel if this is the life that you had for your wife and kids? Can I say what you said? Hell yeah! I was like, bro, that's it. That, you just tapped into something that I can't, the spirit within you leapt out of you at that moment. Same thing happened to you today in a, in a point last, didn't it? Also, you're like, man, if God would ever give me that. In fact, uh, here's what he's talking about. Let's see if you guys would be interested. So he, he, he's got a really simple thing. Not a lot of, it's not a lot of uh, strenuous things, et cetera, but how to really get in shape, right? Which anybody can do. Doesn't matter if you're five or 90. Does that make sense? And he's like, Mike, what I really wanted to do is, is to, to get people physically strong, but also the spiritual part where it's like this radical transformation within 30 days where he goes, hey, would you help put together the spiritual part? Some of the stuff we're teaching, and we'll, I'll teach the physical because that's been his dream. Don't you think you guys would be interested in that? If we could change every area of your life? So we're, we're going to put that together. If you're interested, we're going to do it. That'd be fun? And it's not this slave driving thing. It's really pretty simple, isn't it? And it radically changes your life, guys, where you, where you not only physically feel good, is your spirit, the, the key part is spiritual. Because if you spiritually feel good, you'll want to look good and feel good, right? And what's crazy is you can eat hot dogs at my house and still be the happiest dude on the planet. Once your heart accepts, I cannot be defiled by anything outside. It's what's inside. It's really real, guys. So, so what would it, gratitude, joy, peace. So here's the thing, guys. Start looking at areas of your life. On one column, go, this is what I'd want. And just, there's no limits that's what the scientists go. It's the infinite possibility. Jesus says all things are possible to him who believes. We're going to teach you how simple it is to believe right now, okay? So <clears throat> on the other side is if it actually happens, so we we're, were just kind of daydreaming with Kobe and Mikel, and it's like, hey, wouldn't this be cool if your life looked like this, and this is what your, your day looked like, and where would you live, and, and how would you feel throughout the day? What would your wife and kids look like? What would you be doing with them? And you, you told me, you go, bro, I would, I would cry almost every morning if I looked at that. I was like, that's it. That's it. Because it's that gratitude, joy. The emotion carries everything, guys. Your hearts and minds. Does that, does that make sense? So if you can picture it as if it's already done, so you live life as if your prayer has already been answered. He's given you the divine ability to imagine something. To use love code and the healing code would be your heart screen, right? I would just call it when you close your eyes, what can you imagine? And if you need pictures to do it, fantastic. But the, where most people fall down is they don't have the emotion attached. They're going, please, Lord, let this happen to me. And they're wondering why the same thing keeps happening over and over and over and over and over and over in your life. Don't take this personally. But if stuff keeps happening to you, it's just because your heart has, has been programmed that, that you expect that to happen to you. It's like the battered wife syndrome, right? And all of us go on the outside going, why is she with that dude? He keeps beating her up. They literally, your body creates neuropeptides where you literally crave that when you wake up. I'm supposed to feel like crap. And so where's the crap? So if you're not tr- keeping your mind, is what he says, bring every thought to the captivity of Christ, you are automatically going to get what your past has already told you you're going to get. You have to do this if you want your life to change. That's why Paul says, above everything else, guard your heart, because that's where life's going to flow. Does that make sense? And he made it so all of us can do it. That's what's amazing. You can be laying in a hospital bed and do this. Isn't that beautiful? So when you begin to, so here's, here's the thing. Here's where most of us, so what do you want? And it'll change, guys. I'm telling you. How many guys, if you, you've been doing this for a month or so, and all of a sudden your, your belief starts to change, you start going, man, I could probably do this a little bit more. Anybody done that? Yeah. 
My kids too. They're like, man, I put this number on it. Now I'm feeling like I could have this. It's infinite. So why not do it? If you know that the kingdom of God is going to produce whatever you put in your heart, that's the mystery. Whatever you plant there will, will produce. Prayer becomes this fantastic, exciting science project to me. I'm like, you mean I just got to plant that in my heart and the seed itself has the power to know what it's going to do? Yep, that's the mystery. We know not how is what Jesus says, but it will return a harvest. That's the most beautiful thing in the world to me because now we can start to create versus live in the past or worry about the future. It's, it's what do I, keep your eyes. So Paul says, be anxious for nothing. So I, this, is, this is where most people fall down. They wake up in the morning and they go, oh, it's me again. They're worrying and it's anxiety. When you feel that, your feelings and emotions are just a trigger to go, nope, I'm gonna, the best I can, settle my heart and mind down, get a picture. That's why I put mine in my phone so I can see it at all times or David, King David just showed me it's in his pocket. Look at it. And I, I like to say words a little bit because it helps me get in that mood where I'm like, I'm so thankful and grateful, Father, that I've provided one of the greatest lifestyles in the world for my wife and kids. This is one of my things. I was like, I have the freedom to, to, to travel from these cities with my wife and kids. My, all my kids work with me and for me. And uh, we live life and we live at large. It's just things like that. And, and then I try to put the emotion with it. And I'm like, man, I would feel so peaceful and so free knowing that I have that life. Guess what? The minute your mind, you can start to see it in your imagination, your subconscious literally takes as it real. And here's what the scientists say. As soon as you focus on something, so if you focus on something with your mind, what happens? It immediately collapses into matter. It's a, it's a, that's what Einstein said. He goes, this isn't philosophy, this is physics. The minute you put your attention on something. So if we're putting our attention on worry, what are we gonna get? What you're worried about, right? If you put your attention on what you desire, what are you going to get? What you desire. Isn't that what he said? So he goes, I've made this so simple. So, hey, live and feel like your prayer has already been answered. It's guarding your heart and mind where you tap into this divinity. So you start seeing yourself full of love, full of joy. Um, it doesn't matter if it doesn't look like there's no way this could ever happen, guys. How many things are possible? All things are possible. You were created for belief. The, the more you just focus on it and start to feel it, I promise you, it literally rewires you where that becomes your new norm. And you start to live life. In fact, I was listening to this tech guy from Silicon Valley today, um, a, a big shot in Silicon Valley, and this is what he said. Um, he's this Indian guy, you know, like, like aren't they all, you know? Is uh, Steve Jobs and some of these guys, but everybody else is like, yes, it's very windy, and it's, it's you know, all my Indian friends, I joke with them. And, but he says, you know what, it was, it was weird, he goes, when I only trained my mind to think about what I desired, he goes, it felt like I just got lucky. Like every, this is, these were his words. He said, it felt like I could bend reality and make it happen how I wanted it to happen. He goes, when I was worried about when I was going to pay the bills, how am I going to do this? I don't know how this project is going to work. He goes, I was living that. But the minute I only focused on what I wanted, he goes, I literally started to feel lucky, like all the world's responding to me. And that's how it works. Does that make sense? All right, you can get to your feet. So does this help? Okay, because here's the thing. He says, you're a joint heir. Everything that's been created is yours, right? I came to give you life, not to serve me. I came to give you life. If it's given to you, what do we need to do? Receive it. Thank you, Lord, right? So it literally is that, guys. It doesn't matter if it's your health. It doesn't matter if it's relationships. I don't care how broken anything seems your worry is a good trigger for you to go, wait a minute, I'm going to stop that. This is going to be the year that all I need to do is to labor to enter into the finished work, the rest. Because everything I'm ever going to be needed, 
all my health, all the abundance, all relationships, anything that, I, that is lovely, that's good, I can have it because that's in his name. Does that make sense to you guys? And it's simply this easy. The more you focus on it and see it is already done with gratitude is what Mark 11, 23 and 24 says, then you shall have it. That is a good loving father that takes care of his kids, isn't it? He doesn't make it hard for us. The only hard part is believing that the secret, the kingdom is really real. Does that make sense? All right, so let's just, if you need prayer, come on up, guys. Um, and I would teach you this is like, even when you're praying for the sick, I, I tell them, I go, I don't, I don't say a lot of words. What I'm really doing is I'm trying to calm myself down, my heart down. And I literally try to see his goodness, his love, his compassion, his warmth, his healing power, everything Jesus is, try to flow through every atom in their body. And most of the time they feel it tangibly, don't they? They're like, man, I, I usually ask them afterwards, and, and sometimes I, I go, hey, you feeling anything? They're like, man, I feel really warm. I was like, yeah, well, that's cool. So you don't have to. It's just, I think it's very tangible. His presence is very tangible a lot of the time. So when you're praying, whatever you focus your attention on, it says it immediately takes it out of waveform and brings it into reality, right? It's just there for you until you focus on it. That's what science says. But the minute you focus on it, it behaves not like a wave anymore. It becomes a real thing. That's what, I'm trying to explain quantum physics in like Iowanese. So I'm trying to make it as simple as I can without missing all the science to it so, or the scripture. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. Oh, just let it get deep in their hearts that they are heirs. We're not trying to struggle and strive and somehow serve this distant God that's angry with us. That's just wrong. You came to reveal that we're the spirit that animates within us is you're my dad. And we're created in his image, so fearfully and wonderfully made that you've given us divine gifts to receive everything that you've already freely provided. You've given us every blessing in heavenly places. You provided everything because that's what good dads and husbands do that we're ever gonna need for life and godliness. So Father, just let them realize that you've given them these divine gifts of their hearts and their minds, that they can literally start focusing on what they desire life to look like, full of love, full of gratitude, that they're, they're created to be this magnificent flow of gifts and money and abundance that flows out of them to go bless humanity. That's how you designed us. I think that's really all of our hearts, what we really want to be. So we just say thank you for that. We thank you that you're flowing through everybody's bodies, their minds, their hearts, healing literally every atom as you go through them. Father, we thank you for divine relationships being restored. I don't care how broken it is, perfect love never fails. Just show them how much you love them so that they can finally love in return. We just thank you for that. We thank you for whatever their heart's desire is for business, for their job, for their, crash, for their professions. You've already made that available to them. It's not even a struggle. They just need to hold it in their mind. You do the work. All the inspiration they're gonna need, all the right context they're gonna need, Everything is going to be provided to them as they just rest in you. So we just say thank you for that. That's what heirs do as we receive. So in Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs>